the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. In this special series, amazing career and technical educators share stories of how they are navigating project-based learning in a pandemic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am really excited to talk to an amazing educator today. Julie Rice Johnson is an incredible family and consumer science teacher that I have known for quite a few years and followed her journey. And I just can't wait to hear from her today. So welcome, Julie. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, it's wonderful. So I would love for you just to share with our listeners a little bit about about you and your, your background in education. All right. So um, I just finished my 28th year of teaching, um, 21st year at the current school that I'm at. And uh, I'm actually teaching at the high school that I graduated from, which is Kirkwood High School in Kirkwood, Missouri. Um, and... Uh, so when I was in high school, I excelled in my, what were then home economics classes, absolutely loved them. And then I also loved working with kids. I was always a day camp counselor during the summers. And so I just put two and two together. My dad kind of helped me figure that out. And, uh, I went to school at the university of Missouri for, um, secondary education and um, again, what was then home economics, but now family and consumer science. Fantastic. So right now, what, what classes in family and consumer science do you teach? So we are a three-person department, and currently I teach two baking and pastries classes. So that is one of our advanced um, foods classes. I teach um, intro and advanced design, which is a combination of both interior and um, fashion design. And I teach the second level of child development, which is kind of a teaching pathways course. Wow, that is awesome. First of all, all of like my favorite areas of family and consumer science, I think we connected a long time ago just because of that, because we were teaching the same things. And uh I was uh, just talking to another family and consumer science teacher yesterday about um, interior design because that was my area when I first started teaching in uh, the district that I'm at now. I taught interior design for five years and, and absolutely loved that. And I have followed your journey, like I said, for quite a while and have just been so inspired by the things that you are doing in the classroom, just the creativity, um, these amazing innovative ideas uh, that you have you have shared have really been inspiring to me and I know a lot of other educators too. So thank you so much for for just being an awesome educator. Well, I mean, and I have to give you a shout out because we were in a situation where our numbers had gone down and you know, I had taught for a long time and I wasn't, I'm a department chair and I wasn't okay with that. And I needed something new. And I found you on Twitter and found um, gamifying. And then you really helped um, 
build our program after we gamified it. So I have to give you a shout out. That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. Well, I am so glad. I think that, you know, we all when we all have, um, you know, experience these transformations in what we do, we just can't help but want to share it with others. And so to know that um, my experience could have possibly helped another educator's experience is, is really uh, means a lot to me. So thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Did. That is awesome. So we are in this wild time in education where we are all in a global pandemic. It's something that's affecting our entire world. And I think teachers are just trying to make sense of it all. Uh, it, it happened so fast and we've had to make so many changes um, in the way that we teach so quickly uh, that I know I have gone to social media so many times just to see what other people are doing. And so many people have been so gracious with the resources um, that have been shared. But I think uh, in this world of career and technical education, family and consumer science, uh, project-based learning, it's it's really, really challenging because we are working with consumables. We're working with equipment in our classrooms. It's very, very hands-on, very, very much project-based. And so I would love to hear First of all, what was your initial reaction when you found out that, okay, we're in this for the long haul, we are going to have to move to a remote teaching model? How, <laughs> what was your response? So I remember hearing, um, I remember my principal seeing him at lunch. It was kind of mid lunch. So they were eating, but kids weren't eating. And he said, hey, just want you to know you probably need to take home anything that you need for, cause we are, it was right before our spring break. So chance yeah. you won't be able to get back in the building. So take home everything you need. And I was just kind of dumbfounded. And my first reaction is how, how is, how is this going to work? How, how are we going to do yeah. this? I, I see my kids every day and they, and they, and they're always doing something hands-on and, and I, and I don't lecture. Um, so I was scared and I was thinking, I was kind of defensive thinking, I'm not just going to give them busy work. I'm not going to give them busy work to do, to make up for this. So mm -hmm. I guess that was my initial reaction. Right. And I think that is really, really difficult when, you know, we are teaching these classes where there are those, those consumables, so many things that we tend to in career and technical education that you don't typically think of when you think about a classroom. You know, I, I know when I taught culinary arts, I was doing laundry, I was having to continually do inventory of my food, I was, you know, there's all of these things. And so uh, to, to have to think through that you know, when you realize you may not be in your in your classroom again, or you don't know how long it's going to be until you're in your classroom um, again, that's a lot to really process on top of like, how do I do learning? It's like, how do I take care of, of the things that need to be tended to in this space? It definitely was. We had, we had a week of spring break, a week and a day. And then 
we had two days of professional development for the teachers. And then we were to start our e-learning on a Thursday and just have a short week, Thursday, Friday. Um, so we did have a little bit of time to ease into it. And fortunately, like I was home during spring break, so I could spend some time thinking about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> totally crazy. So you are probably in like week four, five now. Five. I think we're in week five, maybe. Okay. So how are you adapting? How are you, how have you made this transition to so online the, learning? The class that I thought was going to be the most difficult has been the most fun and most enjoyable. So that's my baking class. Okay. And we're only in our second year of having this class okay. um, in high school. Um, I wrote the curriculum three years ago. And um, so this is our second year. So it's a, it's a second level class. Um, after students take, we have a class called the Art and Science of Foods One. Um, they can either go to the, the number two or the baking class. Um, and I thought, you know, how in the world are we going to do this? And um, I decided that we would, you know, with, with Zoom, that we would just bake and Zoom at the same time. And that has definitely been the most success that I feel I've had. That is incredible. So, so I'm, I'm envisioning you having your zoom on all your students are, are um, participating and are you doing a demonstration and they're all watching? Are they cooking at the same time? How does that look? So, So I tried it with a girlfriend in advance and I was actually cooking and that was pretty chaotic. So I decided that I, so I recorded myself doing in advance, doing okay. what we were going to make. And then when I, well, now when I zoom with them, I just play that and then I can pause. I can answer their questions. I can give them time to do what they need to do. And that has worked out really well. That is wonderful. So how long are you on a Zoom session with them when you do this? I usually give two assignments a week. Um, and the second assignment is usually the baking assignment. Um, and they have three options. They can Zoom and bake with me. And that's live. Um, and we're probably on it for 30-ish minutes. Um, and then um, all they have to do is, so we use the learning management system, Schoology. So they um, post a picture and get a family critique. And then if they don't want to do that, they have two other options. They can, um, I give them the recipe or the method because we've been on cakes. So I give them the method and some options and they can do it on their own and create a short little tasty video and post that. And I have an option for kids that, you know, maybe don't have the resources or aren't, you know, able to cook that week. And so it's called a virtual option. So they um, have to show me, um, you know, in another format, whether it be a podcast or um, an infographic or something, the method that we're talking about that week. So they have options. I love that you're giving them choice. I think that really 
especially right now when we don't have that face-to-face connection with our kids in our buildings, um, it's really a challenge to get our kids to want to engage. And so to give them that choice and uh, th- those options are giving them that that empowerment. They're they're buying into what we're asking them to do, and I think also really important for the equity yeah. issue because our all of our kids are coming from very different situations. You know, not only economically, but maybe some um, are taking care of their siblings and have other stressors in their home that are preventing them maybe from those live conversations or or other methods of, of learning. And so to give them some options that really are accessible to all kids, I think is, is really wonderful. I love that you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been nice. And it's been for me to see their faces when they can join has just been a lifesaver. I mean, I miss them. Yeah. So I'm at their house cooking and, um, yeah, it's been amazing. That's neat. And I think that there is something about kind of seeing each other in our own environments kind of brings this new, this kind of different connection that maybe we didn't have before with our students where there's that realness that's happening. Definitely. And, you know, just I've had my daughter critique my food. I've had my dogs critique it. And included that on video and and I've seen that, you know, or heard that from my students. And so that I, I totally agree. That's been really nice to have. Yeah, that is wonderful. So of all the digital tools that you have used so far, what is one that you have, have maybe you didn't use in the classroom very much that students are really connecting with it? I mean, I would have to say Zoom, just that online yeah. connection. Um I don't think there's really anything else that have, that has made me connect with my kids as much. Um, and then, and like you just said before, seeing them in their world and, you know, maybe their dog pops in or their sibling pops in. I mean, I've had kids who ask if it's okay if their younger sibling helps while we're cooking. And so um, that's definitely been something that I would never see. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And something, the word that's come up over and over again is the connection. And I think that is so vital right now is that we are connecting with our kids because, you know, everything has been kind of turned upside down and everything looks so different than than what it looked like a month and a half ago. And so just to let kids know that we are there for them, that we care about them, that we do want to connect with them. That that piece is, I think, essential and really foundational in all of this. And I, I have always stressed the importance of building those relationships with our kids. And I think that that becomes even more important now in this remote learning world that we are continuing to build those relationships because we're not getting that face to face connection. And so we have to get a little creative about how we do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love looking for the magical moments, as you know, and uh, it it has been even more important, I think, for me in the last uh, month and a half to really find those magical moments because it's life is hard right now in a lot of ways. And I would love to hear from you. What is 
a magical moment that you have found in this, in your experience with remote learning? So, um, so it was the first time I, I called them zoom and bakes. Um, <laughs> and I have a student, you know, in the classroom, this is this, I've had her the second semester I've had her. So, um, and I think the first time I had her maybe was when she was a freshman, but really a shy girl. Um, and she's participated in every single one of my Zoom and Bakes. She's a senior. And so she doesn't really have to. But this has given her an opportunity to participate and not have to. She was just so shy. She just, she, everybody else do what needed to be doing, you know, in a family can it's in a food class. Yeah. There's three to four kids in a kitchen and there's yeah. always somebody that's going to take over. And, and she was never that kid. Right. You know, we were on zoom today and it was taking her a little bit longer and I was able to, you know, stay with her after other kids were done. And it just, her mom has sent these amazing reviews and is so proud of her. Um, and has just emailed me and it just, so yeah, that's been my magical moment. That that is super magical. And I think about a couple of things. I think for one, I am amazed at how our kids who may not be very extroverted or may not have really felt like they could share their voice in the way that they wanted to in our classrooms are now all of a sudden given this kind of new avenue to share their voice and to connect. And I think that that's been especially true for our introverted students. And I also just think about how that student is now getting to shine in front of her family, where Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, she might have shared the experiences of what she was doing in the classroom with her family when she came home, but they weren't seeing it necessarily firsthand. They weren't seeing the process of her making that cake, but being at home and actually being engaged with that recipe and and Mm -hmm. actually going through the, the methods of creating, now her family is able to see, wow, this is something that she really shines in. And that is really amazing and something that would not have maybe happened if it wasn't for this experience. Absolutely. I don't, and I think that's what makes it so magical is she was just, she's just so shy and and low self-esteem and she just let everybody else take over and wasn't confident. And now she can be confident and she can be in her own space. And she's made these amazing things for her family. Yeah. And it's, it's been awesome. Yeah. So I, I wonder as you're talking and, we, and thinking about when we go back to schools um, in the fall or whenever that happens, I think there's still so much uncertainty as far as what the future holds for us. But what is something that you think you'll take from this experience and maybe bring into your practice when we go back to school as we know it again? Is there anything that you're like, wow, I think I might do this still even when this remote learning ends? So I definitely think I'll record myself and, and, and it's different than, you know, as you know, 
on, you can find on the internet, so many people doing so many amazing culinary things and you can watch them. And, but if they see me, it's different. Yeah. So, um, I think recording myself and having those, those videos available to my kids, whether they weren't successful in the classroom and they want to do it at home or they were absent or they just weren't comfortable. Um, I guess that's the biggest thing I think I'll take just having that there for them to watch me in their own time. They can stop and pause and, and it's me. It's not some professional. It's not some, you know, chef. Um, and I, I think that's something I'll take. Yeah, I love that. You know, I am married to a ceramics teacher and he has been doing a lot of videos of pottery creation to share with his students during this time. And he said the exact same thing. He's like, why wasn't I doing this before? Like recording myself so that students who are absent can watch it, that I don't have to keep doing it over and over again. Kids can play it again slower. And he's saying that he's had more, um, I guess, kids paying attention more. And actually, you know, when he was doing demos in the classroom, they'd be distracted and they may not be paying, but paying attention. But when he gives a video, he said there's something about um, the way that they are responding back, I know that they really got it. They really were watching and listening. To right, what right. Had to say. I agree. It has to do with that it's him. It's not a stranger. Yes. It's him. And, um, and, you know, it is forcing some of my kids to do it on their own instead of in a group, which um, isn't harmful. Yeah. Um, and but it's giving them the comfort and the space to do it, and it's okay if they fail because no one's gonna see it. Yes, I love that. Yeah, it, it takes away some of that pressure that they might have felt mm-hmm. in the classroom. It's so so true. So for all of the listeners that are are you know navigating this world, which we all are right now, what is one piece of advice that you would give to other teachers, maybe in career and technical, family and consumer science, or maybe maybe not? Is there something that, that they can take from your experience? It's what I just said. It's them seeing you perform the task is huge. Um, it makes a yeah. difference. It resonates with them. They know it's important. Um and, you know, I can see myself, I'd love to do demos, but I can see myself showing this demo of myself and then stopping and pausing and asking questions. And, you know, so many things can come out of it. And I just, I guess those students seeing you do the things that you expect them to do. Absolutely. And I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like the more that I'm in front of the camera, the more that I hear myself talk, the more I'm like, okay, it is what it is. It is <laughs> I don't it always is. love my myself on camera. I don't always love yeah. to hear my voice, but you know what? It's okay. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, from the, oh, I've done this three times and from, you know, the first time to now so much more comfortable, um, you know, add in my own humor, 
And absolutely. That's so awesome. I'm curious, what video platform are you using to record? I know you're using the Zoom, but are you using that same platform to record yourself? No, well, I've just done it on my iPhone. I've recorded myself on my iPhone. It's funny. Um, I don't have any special setup, but I figured out that if, if I put my phone in my um, upper kitchen cabinet right above where I'm mixing, I can hit play. And uh, I've been able to record them, nothing fancy. Um, and then I just put it all together in iMovie um, before the day we do it. And then when we Zoom, um, I play a part of it. I stop, I pause, I give them time to do it, time to ask questions. And we just go from there. And it's it's nice because doing it at the same time is just a little too much. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's fantastic. And I love that you don't have to have any fancy equipment. You are no. just using the video recorder on your phone. You found a great place to, to prop mm -hmm. it up. And sometimes I think that's the best way. Don't make it over overcomplicated, you know, keep it simple. Right, right. <laughs> putting it into iMovie, I'll put a few transitions. Um, today I put in a funny little clip unfolding in mm -hmm. and it, you know I can add in a little a bit of humor here and there but um, nothing fancy yeah that is awesome oh my goodness I have loved hearing about your experiences Julie and I I again so appreciate the um, innovative ideas that you bring not only into family and consumer science but into education so thank you so much for taking the time to share today it's truly awesome. It's so good to see you. It's been a while. I, I you have, you've been a huge inspiration for me. Oh so. my goodness. That means the world and you have been an inspiration to me as well. And I know that after this episode, people are going to want to connect with you. So how yes. can we find you? So on Twitter, I am still at rice, R I C E jewel or Julie. I think it's Julie. Um, and then on Instagram, I know I miss Jay Johnson. Um, so yeah, I, I, the other fun thing I did was, um, so I, I think I said I did two assignments a week. So this past week I did a digital breakout oh, cool. on foam cakes, um, just to mix it up because I, you know, I don't want to lecture online, but I, I don't want to just give questions and answers for them to figure out. So um, so I put that out there. If any family consumer science teachers want that breakout, I would love to share it with them. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Did you do, how did you create it? Was it a, a Google form? It's a Google form and I have a Google site like we did yeah. when we did our first one. Yeah. Yes. And, um, so I'm able to like give you a copy of that and, um, you can, I think uh, teachers can copy and paste it. And, um, it's, sh it's short, six questions and it's on foam cakes, but, um, it just gave students something different to do. And then I did, I did as like, I gave them to it on Monday. And then on Tuesday I said, Hey, if you're not getting it, let's zoom and I'll give you some clues. And so that was fun. That is super fun. Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. I would love to, um, to have that available to share. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Julie. I hope you have a great rest of the school year. And I know that we will connect again soon. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Have a magical day, everyone. 
Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.